Hello, and welcome to The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Milo, and joining me are Ricky, Gareth, and who left the studio door open? Hello, Steph. All right, chaps. <laughs> Evening, Milo. Evening, all. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello. Earlier this evening, we learned that Daniel Levy had called time on Christian Stellini's four-game spell as caretaker manager after yesterday's horror show at St. James's Park, and that Ryan Mason would take charge until the end of the season. The rest of Conte's coaching staff were also leaving with Stellini, and we're waiting to hear who'll be assisting Ryan Mason. That news was all it took for us to ring the emergency pod bell and head to the studio. So here we are, and we're not going to waste any time, we're going to get straight into it. How do you feel about Stellini going, guys? I think it was absolutely inevitable. I thought that yesterday's performance and the preparation for it was a sackable offence in itself. Mm. I've, I've quite liked Stellini as a character. I, I, I wish him well, um, but he was so clearly out of his depth that things were just spiralling even further out of control. Any dissent any yep. on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it had to happen, really. Uh, I mean, the only reason it wouldn't happen was because you would just think how many more dominoes are we going to knock over or show the door to? But um, I echo what um, Gareth said, really. He's a decent man. He's a mellow man for an Italian, which is nice. So, um, But I wish him well, yeah. I'm sure we'll, he'll be going back to where we know he'll be going, which is number two slot behind right, Antonio. Yeah. yeah, Steph, agreed? Yeah, he was handed, he was handed a thankless task. Um, I think some of us here, um, and I will hold my hand up, thought at the time it made sense for the continuity factor, given the fact that our players mm-hmm. have been so heavily drilled in one system that you thought, Lord, what would happen if we ch- had to change systems sometime in the we last 10 games of the season? We found out quite, it's been 20 quite, minutes yesterday. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's exactly what I was going to get to. You know, so he was obviously brought in for that continuity. I think we all thought it was going to work, or should we say continuity? And, and, it, and it hasn't. And he's a lovely bloke. I mean, he is. He's probably one of the nicest managers we've ever had. I don't think I've ever seen a man more polite and erudite as him. You know, note how he handled the Deserby situation. But, I mean, it was an absolute disaster yesterday. And, I mean, there's only, you know, there's only one person responsible for it, really. And it's him. And I'm sure we'll discuss the mitigation behind, you know, injuries and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, the players obviously stop playing for him. I mean, there's no other thing that could have happened. So yes, I guess something had to happen, right? Daniel Levy had to do something because otherwise he would have looked just beyond what he already does look, right? I mean, I would just, I would just add to that. I mean, I was in the same boat as Steph and I think you might, I don't know if Gareth was that we should just, you know, maybe the best thing was to continue on with him. I think that's because we read it, the, the toxic nature of Conte around the group. Once you remove that, then hopefully, you know, energy lifted and um, everyone would be just a little bit better. But I think there might be a slight case of some kind of PTSD after <laughs> yeah, recent, I mean, you know. I mean, I, I thought with the kind of Man City, Chelsea and West Ham games he was in charge for, I thought we played pretty good. I think there's some of the, our better performances this season. I, I was hoping that was going to spill over into the into the games you know, when he was in sole charge. But, you know, if you look at those, you know, you've got the Everton and you know, draw we had up at their place where, you know, we couldn't hold on to a lead against 10 men. And then you've got the Brighton home game when we won, but we should have lost. I mean, Brighton were better than us. Then you've got last weekend's Bournemouth game where it was just, you know, a catalogue of errors at the back. And then kind of obviously the tonking from Newcastle at the weekend when, um, you know, just, just appalling. And like, as you said, I mean, just Gareth, I think that, you know, the coaching was so bad that it's very difficult to, to look beyond that and, and find excuses for him. 
Do, yeah, well, do, you know, it, it seemed it just seems so bleedingly obvious that if you're going to change from a back three system that you've had for the best part of eighteen months to go to a back four with two players who are in Poro and Perisic, just completely ill suited to playing in a back four anyway, to then go and play against a team who you know are going to be rampant and going to be on your straight from the very first whistle, it was it was just bloody stupid thing to do if you're going to go to a back four you, you would the transition to do that would have been before you're playing Bournemouth the week before it wasn't to go and do it at Newcastle and just that naivety it sounds so bleedingly obvious in hindsight you think you know why has he made that decision why is that something he's worked on for the last five days it's not because he's listened to the clamoring from various podcasts and blogs and people saying we need to go to a pack four that was the thought process that it's been in place all week. It's just because Longley was out, isn't it? But Longley and Davis were out. But do, do we think he, Levy's got the timing right? Was this the right time for him to go? Should we have done it earlier? Should we have given him to the end of the season? I just, I just, I just not, I just don't think it's either here or there with it. Really, I just think that it's a bit of a mess on top of another mess, and it's. I mean, I don't know what we would have gained if we did hang around. I mean, you could say, well, why doesn't Conte hang around? But I don't think we disagree that Conte gets sacked. But we're in a kind of, as I say, we're just in a kind of trudging along to the finish line now. And I'm not sure whether there's massive uplift anywhere or even any more. Well, I don't know if there's any more downward place we can go. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm, you know. it might be a good time actually to talk about kind of Levy's statement because that probably puts a bit more flesh on that question. Daniel's so, I mean, statement, please. Daniel's statement. <laughs> so he said, Sunday's performance against Newcastle was wholly unacceptable. It was devastating to see. We can look at many reasons why it happened. And whilst myself, the board, coaches and players must all take collective responsibility, ultimately the responsibility is mine. Christian will leave the, his current role along with his coaching staff. Christian stepped in at a difficult point in our season. And I want to thank him for the professional manner in which he and his coaching staff have conducted themselves during such a challenge time we wish him and his staff well ryan mason will take over as head coach duties with immediate effect ryan knows the club and players well we shall update further on his coaching staff in due course i met with the player committee today and the squad is determined to pull together and ensure the strongest possible finish to the season we're all clear that we we need to deliver performances which uh, earn your amazing support coys daniel what do we think of that steph you've got strong views on this i know you've uh, tell me tell me what you think let, let me just package this as one it's sort of an answer to your last question about timing and this. I, I find it just staggering that, you know, the only time that Daniel really seems to react is when he's pushed to the brink, when the situation is at boiling point. Then he reacts. I, I, I think in his mind, I feel that the statement that, he, that he's offered and, and what he's done here, um, it, it's, a, it's a reaction partially designed to show that he's doing something. Either that or he's only just realized that something needed to be done. I'd almost rather it was the former, because if it's the latter, I'm very, very afraid, if that makes sense. I, I think that's probably true of you know, but, you know, how we handled both Conte and Paratici and that I think everyone knew that it was over for kind of some time before, before he did anything. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think, guys? What do you think of the statement and... Um, I, I think if you take it at face value, it's him saying that he's got ultimate responsibility for it, which is something that we've said, which has been a mm-hmm. criticism of him, that he doesn't take responsibility for it. And there is very explicitly saying that he does take responsibility for it. Um, I suppose just on a, on, on a human level, it's quite warm words about Stellini, which we've all noticed weren't there about Conte. Conte. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, my, I, I agree with Steph, I, I, and still partly my fear is that somewhere he is being told or he's in an echo chamber and he thinks that, do you know what, we're only six points off fourth place and do you know what, there's been a truncated season with the World Cup stuck in the middle of it. There's been unavoidable and mitigated circumstances that have happened to us this season, including players getting injured. I don't really see what the problem is. We can we can fix this with another appointment. Um, and if he thinks that, that would be that would be really frightening because um, the, I mean, the only way he can fix it is with another appointment, isn't it? I mean, that's what mm. football clubs do, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I wonder what role the player committee played in this and whether the players actually said sorry this is you know the players have lost faith we, we need to change this I mean, according to mm. Dave, the guardians uh, david hipner the player committee is hugo Lloris, harry kane eric dyer and uh, and pierre emil hoybier which um, in itself is somewhat scary given that uh, <laughs> there's been questions about how many of those players well, three three of those i would say was at least co- as, at least as culpable as right. Stellini for so yesterday it's, <laughs> It's, I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know that I know that R- Ricky's got an alternative opinion, which I know I'm really interested to hear. But I will just add this before you get in there, Ricky. I've got to say, did nobody else cringe? Uh, come on, you Spurs! C O Y S, Daniel. Come on. That was like First Ralph and Ted. In, that was like Ralph and Ted from the Fast Show, <laughs> and it was like he, he was like, you know. Ted, and he's like trying to hang out with Ralph and all these boys. It's like, like Christian potato, you asparagus, yes. are tomato <laughs> sacked carrot. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost like he wants it's to hang exactly around down it. at the Lombard, doesn't he? And just like you know, with yeah. the boys. And, and bless say, him. You know. I mean, maybe he's trying. I'm trying to be a human being. Maybe he's trying, but good lord, couldn't someone advise him a little better? It's like Daniel, you don't need to do that now. Not now. I think it's far closer to the Steve Buscemi. Uh, meme the how how do you do fellow kids one do you, <laughs> one is more that more that and I, I I think we should just be pleased that he didn't sign off TTID which um, if he's really trying to <laughs> to win people over so you know. um, he's gone and got Ryan no Mason's he's been told over. to go and get that tattooed on his on his on his forearm <laughs> he's going to wave it at, and Thursday night he's newly tattooed well, TTID yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get Ram to give us some tips after he went and got a new one yesterday rather than watch the game we can we can get him to give a recommendation um, how do we feel about Ryan Mason taking over to the end of the season I mean, we probably thought he was going to take over when Conte went didn't we so how do we feel. Um, I mean, good luck to him. I mean, if I had a new kid, I wouldn't want to be running Tottenham Hotspur as well. But um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like Not having really. one huge Catholic family, isn't it? And all these children to look after. Goodness gracious, including the bald one in a suit. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, one thing me. that occurred to me is that I think Vo, I think Vo's gone with Stellini, so we don't have a set piece coach anymore. But I was wondering whether maybe, maybe Harry Kane can step into that position is he's good mates with Ryan Mason and can make sure that we get all of our set pieces right now yeah <laughs> maybe we should get Roy Hodgson in and then Ari will take him as well yeah oh, that's right <laughs> <laughs> um did any of you listen to the high performance podcast interview the Jake Humphrey I, mean, I hate Jake Humphrey but the, the, I, I think don't like the other Ryan Mason, either too much no but the <laughs> sorry, sorry but, hating but, on him there a bit sorry about that but the um the Ryan Mason interview they did a couple of months yeah. ago. Yeah, I've watched that one. I yeah. thought he came. I thought he came across really well yeah. in that. I thought he was really impressive, yeah. and um, he'd clearly taken on. Well, he spoke about the influence of some of the managers you know, he played under and, and worked with, and it's a pretty impressive list. Um, hmm. um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think my issue with 
Mate, well, not my super mate. I, I think whoever you put in there, there's very, very limited things that they can do, and probably they need to play with a back three for the rest of the season because that's where we've mm-hmm. got the least number of flaws that will be exposed. Um, so I think it's a thankless task, and I, I just hope for his own managerial career, which I hope he is a very prosperous one. Hopefully, it'll be with us. Maybe it'll be somewhere else, but I hope that he doesn't get caught in the maelstrom of what we think could happen for the next six or seven games, and that tarnishes reputation as a coach or manager. I think that's the problem. Because I think once upon a time, six games in football would have been not much, but in modern football, it isn't. Yeah. You know, anything yeah. can happen. There's so much discourse and so much chat from one week to another that it it can have an effect on people. And like you say, Gareth, I wouldn't want that to be a negative effect on someone such as Ryan Mason because he's a good lad. I think the one thing that he does have in his favour is that Ben Davis is going to be fit, it looks like. Uh, so mm-hmm. he immediately gets um, a player back that allows him to go back to the system, which has been so rigid, rigidly embossed upon this side, um, if he so wishes to, to continue with that system. Um, and frankly, it doesn't look like these players are in a place where they can play any other system, despite our best, well, my best beliefs and intentions they obviously have had any you know sort of uh, instinctive you know reactions to things that has been coached out of them they can't do it it's it's, it's shapes so i don't think it's just coaching though i think it is a, a squad that's been built for you know three five two three three four three yes and it, yes. It's, it's, a, it's a formation that requires specialists and yep. it's you know it's very difficult to transition away from, as I suspect we're about to find out over the next you know, year or so. I agree. Um, we've I, been I, I saying suppose... we've been saying that, haven't we? We've been saying this I about mean... the, the you know it's it's definitely very very hard. Any slight detail in that system, and you're gone. I, I think one of the things you know, I think with Davis, I mean, you would have said that you'd be bringing him in for Perisic probably uh, prior to his injury, mm. but actually Perisic has picked up a bit since Suns moved up top. So I don't know, maybe. Um, maybe we're back to him and Longley switching at, at left centre back. Um, Can I- do we think we've got a better chance of with in our remaining fixtures with Mason in charge? And what do you think our objective is? I mean, you know, Levy sacked him for a reason, Sacked for a reason, presumably because he doesn't want to drift over the last six games. What do, what objective do you think we've got? And you know, do we have a better a chance of achieving it with Mason in charge? What do you think, Ricky? Uh, I think that um, it's just completely up in the air. I think most of our games have been. Um, beholden to a random score generator, aren't they? Really, <laughs> I mean, anything could happen. You know what I mean. So I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm not expecting much from Mason. Just, I mean, it's kind of just even hard to say to expect some stability because of just how things go from one week to the next, and you know what everyone has to then say about that. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost, and I think I might have said this even early in the season. I think I'm almost kind of just checked out in the sense that. I'd be quite happy personally to go on a long holiday and come back on July the 1st, to be honest. And its I know that sounds like then you're completely disinterested in the club you love, but I think some of our supporters are probably a bit PTSD as well, to be honest. I'd recommend right. watching the under-21s. I really enjoyed watching their game against Chelsea earlier tonight before before we recorded yeah, this. Yeah, enjo- and- I mean, this is the other thing. I've been enjoying some other football. I mean, last yeah. week, the Seville game was great. Arsenal-Southampton was great. Wrexham on Saturday was great. And nothing when I watch my clubs are great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit sad, really. But <laughs> I'm scouting summer targets, even though I've got no ch- no say in the matter. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be checking out Feyenoord after your suggestion earlier on today, Ricky. Steph, sorry. Yeah. I, I just find myself in these moments reflecting on 
all the other times where it's been nearly this bad and felt like this and the Jerry Francis end of the Jerry Francis era immediately springs to my mind um Christian Gross as well but more so the end of Jerry Francis I what am I expecting I am expecting to see some fight and some pride uh you know I, I do I want European football my head says no because I want a complete rebuild and I think we've been discussing wouldn't it be great to be daring and just go with young players and just really make a big big shift here but the reality is you know <laughs> We probably are going to try and go for Europe, right? I'm sure that's what this is done for. I'm sure that somewhere mm-hmm. in there they've made a decision that Ryan Mason has got the players more on side and that they can make a push for Europe. Me, when I go to Anfield on Sunday, which I will, I just want to, I, I want to see my club play. I mean, I want to see him play for the shirt, as much of a cliche as that is. That's what I want. And, and that's what has to happen. And that's what Ryan Mason has to bring. And that's my big, it's the most of an expectation I have there. I think the other thing is, does Daniel have a plan? I mean, that's the most important thing. And yeah. nothing he said tonight and nothing we've done today answers that question. So that's that's in the balance. I, I can't say I and, trust him and right I, now. And I think I think that's a question for or a discussion for another pod because yes. you know, all he's done today is, is, is release a statement about Stolini sacking. We haven't even got details of Mason's um, backroom team. So Staff. I think if yeah. that was to come, I, I, I think what we've got to look for is his programme notes in the last home game of the season. And... Yeah, of course, that's where we got the famous DNA quote four, three years ago. Um, but I think there, ideally at that point, I mean, it'd be great, wouldn't he, if he, if he said in there, you know, pleased to announce that so-and-so is going to be joining us as manager on such and such a day. We've got this person lined up as director of football. Yeah. And, um, you know, these are the plans for the summer. Um, you know, we know it's been a disappointing season, but, you know, we're looking forward to welcoming you back in August when... You're going to yeah, see something I mean, very different. I think that, that's I mean, what we'd love to hear, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, word is that also uh, coming, you know, right after the end of the season, I hear that, that, that Waters and Gilmore are getting back together to do a tour. I mean, I, I, I put more money on that it's than niche, what Steph. you I'm just repeated. I'm not sure that's going to play to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Gareth, well. <laughs> so Gareth what, what, what do you think of, uh, about the objective is and, and, you know, do we have a better chance of achieving it with Mason? I, I think the objective is definitely to be in some form of European football. Um, I think probably lost on a lot of Spurs fans yesterday, but the FA Cup semi-final was significant in Man United getting through in that. That means that um, seventh place will get a Conference League position this year. So fifth and sixth Dear will get God. the Europa League and seventh place will get the Conference League. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that the club's objective are to be in, in Europe because A, it's one of the things that Enoch have often pointed out in their successes of the club is that Spurs are in Europe pretty much every year. I think only Manchester City have got a longer unbeaten run of consistently qualifying for European competition. Um, so I suppose that is something to hang on to. And also, even if it's the Europa Conference League, that guarantee, should guarantee more than three home match days, but it guarantees a minimum of three match days and the income that that can generate and the opportunity to get more supporters into the ground. So I think for football and commercial reasons, there's, there's it's really important that Spurs are in Europe next year in, in some form or another. I think it's probably a conversation for another time whether we think that's a good thing or not. And I think there's pros and cons either way. Um, what would make me happy for the end of the season? And I don't think this will happen. And I understand exactly why it isn't. I would love to see a smattering of, of younger players mm-hmm. involved in match day squads and involved and given minutes. I would far rather see um, Alfie Devine, Romain Mundell, um, Charlie Sayers, 
you yeah. name him, given Pape Sarr, given significant game time and has go down fighting and put in some decent displays rather than just trudging through with the same lot and winning games, occasionally winning games and more often than not losing games with the tried and tested players we've got. What I did notice from looking at Mason's stats when he was in charge for the last six games of the 2021 season, it didn't feel like he changed too much. But what he did do, he was the um, he was the death knell of Musa Sissoko. Sissoko's last ever start for Spurs was in Mourinho's game at Everton, and he was only used as a sub by Mason. So whether there are players in a similar position to that, that maybe he will yeah. look at a little bit more objectively and, and cast aside. We'll find out on Thursday. Uh, Lucas Moura's ban is up now, isn't it? So he's he's available for the first team again and. You know, played for the under twenty ones tonight, but yeah, um, I, I do wonder with with that player committee there, and that's the senior players. If if they have put pressure on, then some of those players that you'd be looking at being squeezed out um, mm. might, might be the ones who've actually forced this decision. And and you know, we know several of those are good friends with Ryan Mason as well. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they would know better than anyone else. They'll know who's shirking, won't they? They'll be they'll be the ones who'll know who's not putting it in training, who goes missing in games. It's very it's easy for us as spectators to say, oh, I don't think he cares, and he hasn't given anything today. Yeah. But ultimately, it's the players who know what conversations go in the changing room, and and they'll notice that out on the pitch. And yeah, that that might be significant. There, there may be some a surprise casualty in there. That seems like a good place to leave it. So. Thanks, guys. That was fun. We're going to be back as normal after the weekend when we'll be talking about our games against Manchester United and Liverpool. So no pressure, Ryan. It's not, it doesn't get, it doesn't get a lot easier than that, does it? Poor lad. Thanks a lot, guys. And um, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you at the weekend. Cheers, Milo. Cheers, Cheers. Milo.